Welcome to Rally Bites Radio on the, what is it, the 11th of June 2015, uh, the day of this year's Bilderberg meeting starting. Uh, it always starts on a Thursday, and we're going to be discussing that tonight with our guest, Alan Watt. You hear me, Alan? Yes, I can, yeah. Loud and clear, great. Um, Bilderberg starts today, the usual uh, host of, uh, what would you call them, politicians, celebrities, CEOs, all the rest of it, Big Pharma, Google, Google etc., uh, there was an article in the Telegraph earlier or late last week uh, discussing this as being the event that all all top politicians and CEOs wanted an invite to, uh, as if it was kind of some kind of um, you know exclusive club, mm-hmm. and they, they, it's, a, it's part of the whole normalisation process of, of Bilderberg, I guess, and and that they're making it out to be this 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 wonderful thing that uh, you know if your politician's invited to it then he must be good he must be he must be an excellent politician or something. Um, another thing that said uh, the, the article stated was the people who hadn't been invited this year, and they, they stated that uh, the the previous head of NATO hadn't been invited, uh, the previous head of BP hadn't been invited. But what they didn't say was the current head of BP had been invited and the current head of NATO had as well. Um, they can, you know lies by omission type of thing. But um, you know, I mean, many 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 people in the alternative movement will be following this this now. Or the alternative media will be following this right now. I'd say that the vast majority will be fixated on this thing. And having been at one myself and and seen the the circus that it is uh, and was, uh, particularly that time, I think it was possibly the first one that had been kind of made into this kind of public thing, and they tried to bring it out into the open uh, to make it seem like it was uh, benign. And to watch the the Guardian newspaper and and their, their friends uh, controlling all the media events, uh, all the, all the people who were getting interviewed had to go through them. Uh, apparently, uh, most of us ignored that and just uh, went after them anyway. But um, Charlie Skelton, in particular, who is is by his own admission, and he's quite proud of it, a hardcore pornographer, uh, admitted in his Guardian column. Uh, that weekend of Bilderberg, that he was acting as a liaison between the media and Bilderberg, so he was actually working for them. Um, and uh, he, he seemed to think that it was okay that uh, Bilderberg took place and it, it was all secret. See, that was the only problem. It was um, it was all secret. And I put it to him that if uh, Henry Kissinger came down and said that he wanted to wipe out 95% of the population, that would be all right with it. And he, he said, oh, no, no, I don't mean that. I said, well, what do you mean? And it, they didn't answer the question, but um, this is this is what we're we're being led to believe that Bilderberg is, is some kind of um, exclusive secret meeting, and uh, I've, I've come to the conclusion it's just it's just a smokescreen. Um, a couple of years earlier, three years earlier, uh, myself and a colleague were at the Trilateral Commission in Dublin, yeah. and on the Sunday, which was the last day of the meeting, I mean there's virtually no security there whatsoever. You could be right at the front gates of the hotel. And there were a couple of police officers. That was it. And on the last day, the Sunday, we just walked right in and had a confrontation with uh, David Rockefeller. And it was it was then you kind of start thinking, well, you know, if, if I can if I can get that close to this guy, he isn't that important. Mm-hmm. So uh, the the whole this farcical um, massive security operation that they put around Bilderberg is is I think just to feed into the we'll call it conspiracy theory um, uh, idea that it's all hush hush secret secret and uh, you know they're, they're talking way above your station you you don't need to know what they're talking about uh, mm-hmm. whilst 
Of course, the other 364 days of the year, there are numerous other meetings taking place along across the world that uh, nobody hears anything about. That's right. That's right. It, it, there's no doubt about it, though. I mean, the system we live in is vastly different from the one you're born to believe exists around you and is normal. <clears throat> uh, we know, for instance, that the, 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 the trilateral is a, a specialized section of the CFR, and the CFR is just a branch of the Royal Institute of International Affairs. And we know, too, uh, that from admissions of members of the CFR and so on in the U.S., that everybody wants to be in it. It's an exclusive club that you must be invited into. And it's from all walks of, of uh, control, you might say, from media, uh, banking, the military, all of these things combined, basically. And so, so remember, most folk are in their, their particular line of work because they want promotion and they want to get up there and it can have stardom, you might say. <clears throat> this matter of his journalism or acting or anything else, that's the human nature that we, we have and we're born into. So if you can get invited into these exclusive clubs, you certainly will have a, eventually be vetted. You're vetted long before you're invited into them. And and you're tested too. You know, if you were in a some exclusive bar somewhere or your your private club, uh, gentleman's club in in London, uh, you'll be approached and, and questioned. You know, very very subtly to get your opinions on things before they'll see you're okay to be invited into this. What do you think of this? What do you think of that? And if you're with the, basically an elitist agenda, then you may get invited into. And if you can keep a secret. Uh, the whole world works on uh, combinations, uh, you should call them combines, of very powerful people who pool the resources, their finances and so on, and benefit off the masses. That's, just, that's the history of the world. Uh, and it's still going on today. So uh, I'm really surprised that people are kind of shocked to find out that... Um, uh, maybe it's because this whole brainwashing idea that you're living in a democracy really works when people they really believe it. But nothing is further from the truth. There's never been democracy. Uh, it's all run by combinations of powerful people. And uh, once you enter a club, it's much like the... Um, everybody's seen the movies on the mafia and so on. And the mafias would eventually uh, fight intercity for turf and territory. And uh, eventually they'd, they'd form combinations too. And the leaders of the different gangs would get together in a combination and agree how to split up the city for the wealth and the loot and extortion they're going to get out of it. Uh, and it would work for a while as long as no one got too greedy. Well, it's much the same with the lead of the world. It's a big gang that runs the world of uh, psychopathic um, money grabbers, you might say. And uh, they come up with all these wonderful schemes, not by themselves, of how to loot the planet, to even enhance their wealth and their power and control forever. Uh, but they get all the academia on board as well. Every, everybody, every professor in academia wants to be members of these uh, particular group, groups and clubs, you see. So there's an elitist club, there's no doubt about it. But I think each member, for instance, in the, the Royal Institute for International Affairs, CFR, Trilateral, and the same with the Bilderberg, they only give them about 10 to 20 minutes max to speak. Now, how much can you say as a specialist in any particular area in 10 to 20 minutes? On, on such big, big um, global projects, it's almost impossible. It's almost like a meeting place where they get to meet each other and, um, and, and suss each other out, in other words, too. And in fact, it's probably more of a, a place where they meet each other 
and the, the ones that are a bit higher up than the, the, the newcomers will say, why don't you meet me in New York next week at a so-and-so club, and we'll have a long, long chat, or even come and stay in one of my residences or something like that, and then you put your real agenda to them. That, that's what it's really turned into, as opposed to what its initial um, purpose was to be for the Bilderberg, which was to discuss how to bring the economy through the Cold War era and keep the economy going during the arms race and all of these kind of things, and, of course, make sure their own investments in the arms race were going to really get all the contracts. So it, it, it's just another big elitist club uh, to, to make sure that they and their progeny forever and ever um, dominate what, what the world is, has been, and, and will be in the future, which will be a vastly different society than exists today. Uh, if you look at all of the incredible meetings going on, on as you say, year-round through the United Nations, now the United Nations and every department in the United Nations is subservient to this same elite that set up the United Nations. It was the Royal Institute for International Affairs that set up the UN, or the League of Nations, and then the United Nations. Every department underneath it, they set up the Bank for International Settlements to manage the, the, the whole financial system of the world. And the, the International Monetary Fund is set up, the Overseas Economic Development Corporation, which every country that signed on to the UN had to use, where you, they, they put their, their taxpayers down to borrow money from as a guarantor to pay off loans, which they, they then give out to countries abroad, where they put their own big industrial complexes, private complexes. Knowing those third world countries will always fail, uh, in the payment schemes, but the guarantors like Britain, Canada, the US and everywhere else uh, are signed on to pay off the debt. It's, it's a fantastic scam because all money comes from the, the, the masses of people, basically. Uh, it's all through taxes. Yeah. yeah. As, as I said earlier, the, the, uh, that Telegraph article uh, mentioned the people who weren't invited that year and uh, those, those who couldn't make it because of prior commitments. Now, I would suggest if you were invited to the Bilderberg Group, uh, all prior commitments would be out the window. So, Oh, they would be, unless you were on your deathbed, yeah. <laughs> so, so they obviously, you know, they, they, weren't, they weren't invited as such or asked to come at all. But um, some, of the, some of the ones that were mentioned just, just happened to be at the G7, which is taking place in Germany right next door to where the meeting's taking that's, place. That's why they timed them so close together, yeah, yeah. Uh, they were deliberate, definitely timed this year to be a week apart, sort of thing, in the same place, same area. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm sure some of these uh, people that weren't invited uh, ended up having their, their private meeting somewhere else. Yeah, they, they would do absolutely. This is what I'm saying. People think that that if these folk don't meet together, then they won't get what they want. But that's rubbish uh, because this, these individual people who attend these meetings. Uh, that the actual big players uh, are meeting groups across the whole planet, as you say, 365 days a year. So they don't have to, it, all, it doesn't all hang in the balance on this one meeting at all. No. As far as uh, many, many people in the, the so-called alternative uh, movement believe it does. And yeah, they've, been, yeah. they've been led down that path over the past uh, few years, maybe five years or so, um, mm-hmm. as far as I can be, to, to believe that this is it. You know, I yeah. mean, in terms of the... The, the difference between this and the Trilateral Commission meeting, which is, is possibly more important, I'm not sure. But um, mm. as I say, the security is is so over the top yeah. with, the, with the Bilderberg thing, um, when basically some of the same players are, are at both meetings, and yet, you know, I, I can walk into a five-star hotel dressed in jeans and a T-shirt, mm-hmm. uh, sit down and have coffee, and then, you know, put my arm over David Rockefeller's shoulder. Mm-hmm. I mean, the... the there was no security 
for, for one, you know, nothing. Yeah. Uh, and yet here we have, uh, particularly at Watford, I mean, the hotel was about three quarters of a mile away from where we were all penned into this little, uh, well, it was a field. It was basically a field with uh, fences around it. And um, they put up this concrete wall uh, all the way around the, the perimeter of this hotel and all this rubbish to, to make you believe that, uh, that there were snipers in the bushes or whatever trying to get at these guys um, yeah. when when nobody would need to. You know, as the, other, the other meetings to go to every year, I'm sure somebody could find out where they were and uh, if they had that intention, they could uh, carry it out. Um, and it's it's just that it, it, it points to being kind of uh, deliberate, a deliberate yeah. um, distraction. It, it is a distraction. Uh, I mean, right now you've got uh, some of the biggest, the biggest um, transformational systems getting pushed through right now. Well, actually signed into law right now, uh, like the, the Trans-Pacific Partnership and, of course, the, the amalgamation of the whole Atlantic countries and so on into the same system as well through the so-called trade treaties, which encompasses all of your laws of the land to give up sovereignty. That's all part of it. That's what they're, they're like. The, the EU is the same thing. And, uh, and to get into a super parliamentary system, or international governance, as they now call it, where corporations have the big, big say as well. Uh, private business has a big, big say. Not small private business, they want them eliminated, but big corporations um, are the new feudal overlords. And, the, and so that we're going through that to, right now, and there's very little coverage at all of the Trans-Pacific Partnership as people, people keep prattling on about the Bilderberg Group. Meanwhile, out of the 29 chapters, that's all we're told about the, the Trans-Pacific Partnership. Out of the 29 chapters, only five deal with trade. The rest of it is to do with austerity, global taxation, um, for, for, and carbon uh, taxes, for all energy products and so on. Everything you use supposedly takes up energy and carbon or gives off carbon and takes up energy and you have to pay for it and pay and pay. And all your spending money uh, that you normally have is gone on essential goods and services only. And that's austerity as they bring you down. That's all in that Trans-Pacific Partnership Treaty. And um, some of the big players have prattled on right now about uh, uh, we're in the most critical phase of all right at this moment to get all of these treaties signed into law and implemented into law right away. Uh, and that's been completely ignored by an event which tells you that what they discuss inside is secret. Uh, whatever they hand out to the press to publish afterwards could be rubbish, as you all know, nonsense, and probably is. And um, uh, and the, the whole uh, important things are happening that affect everybody in the world and their entire future through all these international treaties that are secret and this wonderful democracy they keep pushing um, is kept quiet altogether and, and bypassed and ignored by the media. Uh, so yeah, you're you're right enough. It's a bit of a red herring. In fact, if they didn't want the Bilderberg Group ever to be known about, you'd never have heard about them in the first place years ago. Yeah, that's that's what I was going to say next. Um, I mean, at, at Watford, they, they they made a point of driving uh, the likes of Hillary Clinton and people who were clearly recognisable uh, through the through the front gates of the the hotel. But of course, there was a back entrance where the vast majority of the vehicles must have gone because there was only maybe four or five vehicles came in every day through yeah. the front gate. And as I say, they were all clearly recognisable figures, uh, and and that that in itself was deliberate. 
so yeah. that people could wave their placards at them and uh, think that was going to change the world. But um, mm-hmm. in, in terms of the the uh, the, the other meetings, um, the I mean, how, how do these relate to the Bilderberg? As you say, like the, these guys just turn up at the Bilderberg to, to shake hands and introduce each other, and possibly I don't know. Do, do the, the the top guys bring people there they think are, are worthy? They bring them in to introduce to the other guys um, before they actually get any kind of idea of the bigger picture. Yeah, I think actually that when they bring them in, it's true enough. You always see the future prime ministers and future presidents getting picked in advance, and they simply go there to show off their faces to their bosses, uh, or some of their bosses, and that's really how it is. Um, it's a formality. It's, it's the end formality, basically. The deal's been signed, you know, we'll put you in as prime minister or president in two years' time, three years' time, maybe even five years or eight years' time. They literally tell them many years in advance and groom some of them for their positions for maybe ten years in advance uh, before they, they supposedly get elected for the general people to believe. But uh, that's how it really that's how the world really works, and it's always worked this way. Um, many books were written about the, the, introducing this idea of democracy uh, well over a hundred years ago from, by the elite themselves, saying that they'd give the people a form of democracy. In other words, the, you'd be allowed to vote for who they present to you. And you needn't really know anything about them except the PR spin they'll put on the, per- the person. And and vote for this guy or that guy or, and give them parties like opposites because people like opposites to vote for. Uh, whereas in the, in the Soviet system, you had simply one party. Uh, it was a Politburo or the, the, the Soviet uh, Marxist system. And you had number one, two, three or forty. So there's no opposites to vote for. That was the only difference. But they still call themselves a democracy because you're allowed to vote. Uh, that's all democracy means, for those who don't know that. <laughs> that's what democracy means. You're given a vote. Uh, but you're not allowed to choose, actually, say, we want to put this guy up there and make him president one day. That's done by special committees, as you well know. And these committees, of course, belong to the elite themselves that choose who's going to be a prime minister or president or, or even the chancellor of the Exchequer for Britain, etc., uh, these guys are chosen well in advance uh, and are simply put in front of, of you. Most important people, in fact, for big agendas like the TPP and even for the NAFTA agreement for North America and so on, uh, are the guy put in, who's put in charge in their federal government over all the, the bureaucrats who, who have to type it all up and deal with it all and so on, are generally appointed just for that task out of the, the corporate society, big corporations and put in there for that task. They're not, they're not voted in at all. So these guys who really run the world aren't even voted into the sham of democracy. They're simply put in place to, to run it for a while. That's how simple it is, really. You know. Yeah. Uh, I mean, in terms of the, the alternative media, I mean, the, I mean they're, they're actually feeding into this thing and, uh, you know, trying, trying to garner credibility. I'm talking about the, the more well-known people in the alternative media, if you like, uh, getting, the, getting the inside track on what's going on, getting the, the, the list a, a couple of days before anybody else and all this kind of rubbish. And they, they feed into the, the or, or, or should I say, they, they feed the, the people that listen to them this, uh, this myth that this is the be-all and end-all. This is, oh, this yeah. is where it all happens. Yeah. As I say, most things that, are, that really affect us all are, are really carried out quietly. Uh, by people who are unelected. Uh, for instance, there's that, I've mentioned quite a few times, that J- Jeffrey David Sachs, you know, 
uh, in the US. He's an American economist, big banking boy, the whole bit. Uh, he was director of the Earth Institute, Columbia University, which is a kind of a, a, a hub for sustainability and all these things. He's been advisor to Russia. He helped, he actually, he was put in charge of democratizing uh, the ex-Soviet Union into the modern age and gave uh, all the, you know, the, the big scam that went on there where they had everything belonged to, to the state, the people supposedly, and they were going to give them all shares and all the big factories. And, well, this guy gave all the shares and everyone else to his cousins, actually, and a lot of different people like that. Uh, and they become the big moguls in, in the Soviet Union. They got everything for nothing, these multi-billionaires with the oil industries, diamond industries and everything. Uh, but anyway, he's, he's also in charge of lots of departments within the United Nations. He's, um, he, he's uh, a professor of the Sustainable Development Columbia School of International and Public Affairs, uh, professor, professor of health policy uh, for the World Health Organization and the Columbia School of Public Health, advisor at the United Nations Secretary General uh, Ban Ki-moon on the Millennium Development Project, and, he's in t- and it's, they're now changing that. This is what's been done quietly too right now. It's been changed quietly from the Millennium Project into the Complete Agenda 21 for sustainability. So Millennium Project to alleviate poverty is now in sustain- world sustainability, depopulation, complete austerity, world taxes and all the rest of it, which ties in completely with the Trans-Pacific Partnership and, uh, and the Transatlantic Partnership and so on. All the partnerships are coming together right now to, to push this across the whole planet. And he's just come out and said, um, he never even mentioned the Bilderberger meeting, but, but he said basically, well, six months to save the world, because, and, and because these big meetings are on right now. They're important to get all of these global taxation and austerity projects rammed through right now. And he, he's an unelected, remember, completely unelected. Um, I was, I was going to ask him, do, do you think the Bilderberg Group was ever intended to, to remain secret or do you think it's been a gradual uh, process whereby, as you say, they've got all these things ongoing now that they need to get through and uh, they've, they've brought Bilderberg to the fore uh, so that everybody takes their eye off the ball? Oh yeah, that is part of it. I've no doubt about that. Back in the 80s, I remember... Uh, the Bilderberg were first mentioned by, I think it may even be the BBC or something, it was in a British television, it could be STV. And again, I think the meeting was at that time in Austria as well. And uh, the only thing that was mentioned, that really drew attention to them, was the massive security in, in, the, in the typical Austrian kind of Germanic fashion uh, of overkill, basically. Uh, and that's what impressed uh, the punters at the time. That's when they first mentioned that at all to the public. Otherwise, no one would have known um, about it at all. But remember, too, there's a whole uh, side issue set up by counterintelligence called, called um, conspiracy movement. Uh, it's, it's, it's run at the top by the, the guys who already run the world. And it's counterintelligence by by diverting you, knowing that people will eventually start asking lots of questions, give them the leaders, give them a conspiracy movement, and they'll start asking all the wrong questions because we'll point them to the wrong things. It's a diversion, as we say, uh, rather than see the whole big picture of what's really happening. And, and as I say, the, the, the papers are written by Jeffrey David Sachs and people like that. Um, the big technocrats that run, help run the world on behalf of the global elites. There's definitely a global elites, but there's always been a global elites in all ages and civilizations and, and empires and all the rest of it. So, so um, 
that's a hard thing for because of the brainwashing that everyone's had in the modern age uh, is to cut through the, the nonsense that's been drummed into you about democracy and we all have a say in things and so on. Uh, it's a hard thing for them to accept in this day and age that there is a global elite and there are big cabals. Uh, you just need to look at the IBM meetings uh, for, for the next year uh, that they've set up across the world. And every major international corporation, from your, 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 your drinking water corporations, which are privatized today, to those who own the road systems and are buying them up privately that used to be owned by the public, supposedly, uh, and everything else that was supposedly owned by the public, they're all attending. Everything that affects everything, every part of your living today, the, the, the global food corporations with the agribusinesses, uh, they're all, they all attend the IBM meetings. So, and including all the top professors that helps to set, and they're told what kind of agenda to set for the curriculums to teach and indoctrinate the future students. They all attend these things, and none of these folk are elected into any department of government. You know, uh, you understand what is democracy? Democracy should be where it's like a plebeian vote on everything that matters to you. But you'll never get, never see that, never see that. Yeah, well, they try to try to make us think that's something that's coming in the future with the electronic voting, but uh, yeah. of course, of course, that can all be rigged. But uh, as as can any. Well, the other thing too. Here's the corner of democracy, and Plato and the ancients knew all this stuff too. They tried it all, over and over. China even had it long before the Greek civilization. They tried all these systems, and it always ends up in a form of what appears to be communism for a while, and and then revolution again to overthrow that. But the fact is. What they've always known is easy to convince the majority of the public to vote for how you want them to vote by the techniques of persuasion. It's very easy uh, by public relations, this, this incredible technique of, uh, of pushing a one-sided story by the use of words, um, psycholinguistics, neurolinguistics, etc., and constant repetition by important people. It's going to be important people, and people will listen to important people, people who are made to be stars for you to follow. They'll, they'll, they'll believe them, and they'll put their own intellect in a few pars lower than this important person. Even if it's, an, if it's an actor or actress, that's why they grab them. They see a far burn George Clooney and other ones to be representatives uh, for them to get the, the cattle, the ones who follow the stars, uh, to believe what they say on a political level must be true, so, so go along with what they say, simply because they're a star. Uh, and, and that, so you can always get folk to vote the way you want them to do, the vast majority that is. It's, it's simple, it's very simple. Uh, unfortunately so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the... the, the uh one of the, the more um, surprising ones I saw at the CFR was a uh, nice big photograph of Jerry Adams. And, yeah, and, sure. and then you think, oh, Jerry Adams at the CFR, what, what's going mm-hmm. on there, you know? And yes, and a big article came out too, just recently, about Jerry Adams' involvement with the British intelligence agencies all through the whole IRA uh, period, etc., uh, etc. Et I mean, it's, it's just astonishing to see that one side ran both sides as usual. And you mentioned um, Chancellor's of Exchequer, uh, earlier on and of course uh, George Osborne's at Bilderberg again allegedly yeah. although I mean it, it, it amazes me that people take this list of attendees at face value I mean nobody's got any idea who's there I mean they could make up any list they want and uh, as you say th- there could be other meetings taking place somewhere else and all these people yeah. are, are over there somewhere mm-hmm. and uh, everybody's at Bilderberg trying to take photographs of people who are never going to turn up but yeah. um, 
it's it's amazing when you if you talk to you know ordinary people in the street and, and you say do, do you know that George Osborne's at this private meeting with bankers discussing uh, what's what next level of austerity to yeah. impose on you, uh, they just seem to think oh well that's just the way things are, you know yeah. and, uh, they, they don't seem to to grasp the well the, the illegality of it for a start mm-hmm. for for any. Any politician would be discussing um, domestic or foreign affairs with them, private corporations, in secret. Yes. Uh, again, as part of the techniques that the many of the, the world players at the time, in, in the mid-50s, say, in 60s, said they would introduce as a form of weaning the people away uh, from an idea of rights and freedoms and into a, 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 a system where they would be taught that they'll ha- they have the proper system, the real natural system like gravity of democracy. But at the same time, they'd be dualistic, uh, doublethink, where they'd accept that special superior people run the world and they'll, they'll sit back and let it happen thinking, yeah, vote and I do my bit and that's all I have to do. And the special people that come out of special wombs will... Uh, will take care of all the big problems. It's a form of serfdom to an extent. Serfdom has never left. Uh, Charles Galton Darwin, in his book, The Next Million Years, said, he said, we are in the process, this is the 1950s, he says, we are now in the process of creating a more sophisticated form of slavery. Now, most folk hear that, and it goes in through one ear and out the other, and, and uh, they can't quite grasp what it means. Well, you stop and say, well, what is slavery? Slavery can be a bunch of people who are simply kidnapped, put in a slave gang with slave masters with whips uh, and forced to work. Or you can have the serfdom system where you, the, the people were trained through religion at the time, which augmented it uh, for agriculture and so on, to simply work the land and live in a little hut which they never owned. The land was owned, everything was owned by the, the lord, the feudal overlord. And uh, most of the, the produce was taken by the feudal overlord as well. And he was getting a little, a little bit for himself and his family to feed on. Uh, and that was it. And then, so they simply upgraded it into a form. Where, well, instead of having slave managers and overlords with armies that can force you to do things, we'll make you think you're free and we'll give you a wage. So you have what they literally called, quite openly, in economics courses in the 1800s and 1900s, they called it um, uh, wage slavery where you work and you'll feed yourself by these little tokens you're given and any extra tokens you had left over, they'd tax it back from you and use that to actually hire other little serfs to do certain other works like build up aircraft or militaries or whatever it happens to be. So that is a system. You're living in a more sophisticated form of slavery where even the United Nations has stated that a good global citizen is a good producer and consumer. Uh, if you're just one or the other, you're not a good citizen. Uh, that's why they're going after the elderly now with euthanasia, etc. You, you put in the money, you've taxed it off you through your working life, and the money to take care of yourself, uh, they don't want you to use that as a, simply a consumer once you retire. So they want you to simply have a disease and die. They'll bump you off. And that's actually underway right now under different names for the same thing. Um, and, and all the money that was put in to, to look after your health and so on is simply uh, taken by the elite again, as always. It's a more sophisticated form of slavery where the slave himself will think he's free. It's beautiful, and it works awfully, awfully well. Um, technically, I mean, if you take the, the value of any currency today, uh, the purchasing power of, say, one unit, say it's a pound or a dollar, the purchasing power of 
of uh, what it's worth, we can buy uh, physically, is is about uh, one fiftieth of, of what it was uh, about about sixty, seventy years ago. Uh, and you know, at one time you could buy tins and tins and tins of coffee, like a case of it, for a dollar. Today you can't get a cup of coffee for that, uh, and folk think that's normal. And it keeps getting worse and worse and worse until you end up like peso or lira. You get so many millions to get a cup of coffee. Um, they think that's normal as long as they get this little pay raise, which doesn't quite keep up with the cost of living and the devaluation of your currency or the purchasing power of that currency. Uh, it's amazing that millions of people across the world, billions actually, believe this is quite normal because they don't look into it and ask, why is it that way? They literally don't ask that. And even growing up, I'd ask people, they'd mention, oh, I've got a period coming in January or something. Uh, and, I'll, and I thought, yeah, but the cost of living's gone up so much. I mean, they, they never questioned it. They, they simply saw their periods as a little prize, a carrot at the end of a stick, that they'd won something. Uh, and yet the taxes went all went up higher than that. And today, actually, since the seventies, it's gone up, 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 up like crazy, until you really are going into austerity right now. And folk don't want to believe it themselves. Um, Bertrand Russell, a big global player, who again, who works on the future society, creating it and setting it all up with institutions. He worked at the United Nations, the Mason Group, and so on, the Frankfurt School for education of, and, and, and basically the brainwashing of the whole populations through education. He said that, he, he said that um, they have to train the people to have the right mindset for the generation they're going to get born and brought up into through the educational system. That's all been done. And the folk don't question things. They simply think it's all normal because they're born into it and their parents will think it's normal too. It's astonishing to me. Uh, and, and as I say, I grew up asking people that, even uncles, and so I couldn't believe it. When you brought it up, well, why does the cost of living keep going up? There's nothing to stop saying, for instance, if you could live on a pound, one pound note, or a dollar a week in 1900, at the bottom level, you could live for it for a week, and pay for rent and everything else and food and so on. Um, why isn't it the same today? Why isn't it the same today? Yeah, I, I used to I used to think of a pay rise as catch up, because uh, by the end by the end of that year I was kind of thinking no, I need that pay rise now to stand still, and I, that's always the way it was. And it's it's been more and more noticeable. You're running backwards even with the little pay raise. Uh, it's been noticed. It's been more noticeable and increasingly so. So about 1980 or so. Yeah. In terms in terms of uh, Bilderberg and the, I'll say I'll say the job that the alternative media is supposed to be doing. Um, I, I, I imagine that the, the people who are organising Bilderberg uh, right at the top are sitting back and thinking, well, we, we don't really have to do anything to, to promote Bilderberg. We've got all these uh, people out there uh, waving placards, doing a great job for us. They're, they're publicising it for us, and then we can put anything out in the media that we want, yeah. and people will accept it because they've heard of yeah. it now. Yeah, everything's a handout, and even the Bilderberg afterwards, well, they put, beforehand they put a website up to tell you who the claim is going to attend. And afterwards, they hand out uh, through p- attendees um, little handouts that they give out to see what they were talking about, which could be absolute rubbish. doesn't matter, does it? But again, nothing matters about that because most of the press today sits in an office and, and hopes each day to get handouts given from all departments, corporations and governments and so on. They pr- and they reprint it straight into the papers. That's what the media's job is. 
and through from various meetings in the trilateral group and so on, CFR, the Rockefeller, who was a big player, his family were chosen to be the, the big player um, way back uh, in the early 1900s for the U.S. Uh, he was the guy who, who promoted the CFR and became the, the chairman and so on. He thanked the press eventually uh, after one of the, the trilateral meetings, he says, for 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 not disclosing to, the, to attending for attending, but not disclosing to the public what they're they're all about. He said we could have done it without you and kept it all secret. So the press, the press's job was to know what not to tell the public. <laughs> yeah, that's what that's what their job was: what not to tell the public, and what the the elite wanted them to tell the public about not just what they talked about, but the implementation of certain things and so on. The press is part of the establishment, always has been part of the establishment. Even in Canada, the, 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 the top guy for the uh, National Post of Canada, the big newspaper, he was, he's, he's at the Bilderberger right now as well. What's he doing there? You know, it's, it's to get his little orders for Canada, because Canada's going to go through a massive change uh, with austerity that's coming in big time. Uh, the top members of the top banks, the, the Royal Bank of Canada, uh, are, mem- are at the, the Bilderberg meeting right now as well. So we know there's something big going to happen with Canada, and we know eventually they want Canada to be amalgamated under the NAFTA agreement, which is also into the Trans-Pacific Partnership. They, uh, they want them melded into the, U- the whole uh, North America, actually the whole of the America's continent. That's what, that's what the NAFTA agreement really is for, uh, one system of banking, basically. Uh, so, so that's why the top bankers are there, and these top bankers aren't the top bankers. They're the appointed CEOs, as you know. Uh, they're not the owners. The guys who own all the top shareholders are the owners of, of all th- private things. And if you went into IBM and uh, Google and Yahoo and everything else that matters to, to the average person in the street, uh, you'll find the top uh, uh, shareholders are the, are the same people of all, right across the board. Across the whole world, that is, as the same shareholders who hold hold the massive shares, the controlling shares. Yeah, so it's, it's amazing when you uh, if you speak to people and you say, you know, that this uh, Bilderberg meeting at uh, the heads of media corporations, Google, you know, whoever, Yahoo, uh, New York Post, Washington Post, whatever, uh, have been going to these meetings for years and you've never heard about it. Um, okay. You know, and and they they'll say, well, if there was something going on, they'd tell us. You see, but uh, they, they were there and they denied it ever existed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah. But I mean, what, what do people really expect, though? I mean, you, you only expect to be told if you really have swallowed your indoctrination that you live in some open society. You've never had it and you never will have it. And you'll always be taught to believe in the reality that the proper people have designed for you. <laughs> And you will believe it properly once you're indoctrinated, and that's that's what it's all about. Yeah, why they're in shock? Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, it's funny, but um, you know, they'll, they'll complain later down the line when they've, uh, as you say, their cost of living's gone through the roof, and uh, they're paying ten ten pounds or ten dollars for a loaf of bread, and and wondering why. And uh, we say, well, you know, this was all decided such and such a meeting, but not necessarily Bilderberg, but some something else, whether it's be. Mm-hmm. Some, I suppose something akin to the the Lima Declaration meeting in, in what's it, 1975 or so? Yeah. Um, those types of meetings, that, that they're the important ones that uh, nobody ever hears about. They never hear about it, no. And in fact, when governments simply, because the governments are front, that's the whole point of it all. You can't have a great con unless you have a front that appears legitimate. 
and government is simply uh, the boys who are hired by the elite and put in place to, to pass things into law for on behalf of the elite. Uh, and when you're abused, I always say this, it's an abuse, abuse system you live in. Um, the abused victim is trained through abuse to turn to the abuser when they're in trouble. And so when the cost of living goes up and everything else, and it's all been rammed through through laws and so on and taxation by your own government, suddenly there's a group that stands up and says to the government, please help us, make some... Well, it's exactly what the abuser wants you to do to get the next part of the agenda through. That's how the whole system's controlled. Uh, I've always said the system you live in has all these what appears to be safety departments for you to go to complain and they'll help you. It isn't until you really need all these departments or any of these departments you find out the, the tools they give you to save yourself are like rubber mallets or rubber picks and shovels. You try to use them and they bounce off the road. They don't really exist as the way you're trained to believe in them. There is no complaints department in the real system that runs the world. It's, it's almost kind of like a, a global Stockholm Syndrome where uh, everybody's, everybody's going back to the abuser. And in, t- in terms of the Bilderberg Group, do, do you think that's going to be more and more normalized and it'll be put out that these are the guys that can save the world? Oh, yeah. Yeah, because, because as I say, the, the publicity has been given by what really is uh, the, the authorized conspiracy movement, unfortunately, uh, is designed... Uh, to, 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 and people believe it. They think you see. Understand uh, the elite always say before a big move, if we make this move and have all these different uh, think tanks working on them like a chess game, we make this move. What will happen to the public? Well, grassroots movements might set up and, and start complaining and do something. And they say, okay, in that case, we'll get the, the grassroots movement set up uh, already uh, in advance with the leaders. They'll be the leaders for the people who want to complain. That's what they've done all along, you understand. Uh, and that's how you control the masses. You, you, you always anticipate the fallout from anything you're going to push through, which are going to affect people, and they're going to start grumbling and not be very happy. Give them uh, the left wing, the right wing, or the conspiracy movement, or whatever you want to call it. And even the term conspiracy movement was labeled and put out there by the CIA through their linguistics department so, so that the term uh, will eventually discredit people who are simply putting out all the facts or as historians. That's how, you know, they, were all, they always had troubles from certain people down through the last hundred odd years who, who simply followed facts and, and wrote, out, wrote books about it. So now they've created a conspiracy movement. So you start talking about facts, now you're lumped in with space aliens and all the rest of it. Uh, that's a beautiful counterintelligence system. Yeah, I mean, down the line, uh, we know they're trying to get rid of the national government, so they've, they've more or less done it. Uh, the, yeah. the, the guys, the, the Camerons and uh, Obamas of this world are just the, the talking heads yeah. for, oh, for yeah. these guys. So, I mean, eventually down the road, do you see the likes of uh, the the Bilderberg Group, which is North America, Europe, and the, the trilaterals uh, dealing with the Far East, all amalgamating to this one group, which will, will basically be uh, this global government, uh, behind the scenes at first, but um, eventually it's already come, here. come to the fore. It, it is already here. Uh, in their own writings, they say it's already here. The organizations like CG, CIGI in Canada run through a university and a big think tank system, massive funding from foundations and all the rest, all the usual stuff. I mean, foundations uh, are simply the, the front vehicles for delivering the cash 
and the know-how to set up the infrastructure for all these think tanks and so on, working things. But CG has already published stuff like that. They call it, it's a global thing for international governance, international governance based in Canada. And folk will hear the term, what does that mean? Do you get to vote for international governance? No, of course you don't. Do they expect you to even ask that question? No, they know how far gone most folk are. Uh, so uh, international governance is where all the top corporations that hold all the key elements for your very survival, food, water, everything, uh, energy of all kinds and so on, uh, they're the new form of governance, you see. That is governance with, with all these different departments across the entire planet. And uh, the Rollins Institute for International Affairs has a department in every country now across the planet. And the non-Commonwealth countries are called CFRs and various other names. There's even ones for Japan and so on. And China too, by the way. There's members of it in China. So the so-called enemy and the communists and so on. No, they've got them across the whole planet. And these guys are the big movers and shakers that, that do meet uh, 365 days of the year uh, across the planet, uh, furthering their goals. And, and at the top of it all, uh, at the inner circle... They call it the inner party or inner circle of the Royal Institute for International Affairs, uh, the high group. They have the control that keeps control of all these different organizations. And literally there's thousands of them. It shows you how big the control system is for, for them all to be under control. They're not independent entities at all. Yeah, so... Uh I mean, I suppose the, the normalization of Bilderberg and who knows other, other groups um, being brought to the fore will normalize that, that, that whole concept of this global governance to, to the general public. And, you know, I, I, think, I think right now people wouldn't give a damn if uh, somebody stood up and says, right, we're, we're going to run the world and that's the end of it. Well, actually, the, the people have been trained, as I say, into this dualistic thinking. Yeah, we're living in democracy, we can vote for folk and uh, that's it. That's all you do is vote and then go back to sleep. That's your duty. That should tell you that. That's your duty to vote and then go back to sleep, basically, because that's what folk do. Um, but most folk also do, but as I said, they've been trained to believe it. The special folk who are raised to a star system. I, I mean, there, there, are, there are members like Bryant and so on and Brand that, that have created stars out of scientists, not just stars out of pop singers or whatever it happens to be. Uh, the same technique is made to put scientists on top and economists, top economists, that are made into stardom. And people follow these things. Oh, and and you, your own intellect kind of shrinks and shrivels and when you hear the name, oh, well, he must be right, he's a genius. Who tells you he's a genius? Well, they tell you he's a genius. You understand? That's how simple a technique of, of being subservient is to convince you this person's a star, a genius, etc., and you believe it. So you, you, you allow him to make statements, we must do this to save the world, must do that to save the economy, must do that. And you just, well, he says so, he must be right, I'm just little old me. It's so simple, this technique, and it's done deliberately. These guys are no, more, no brighter than an average person. In fact, most of them are just simply psychopaths who catch on to the cons, and that's why they're picked, picked to, to, to go up there and con the public. I, I can never understand why you know, they've got these, uh, as, as you mentioned yourself many times, experts on, t on TV to tell us how the economy should be run, but uh, none of them has ever done it. You know, they've, uh, they just talk the talk and uh, they don't want I mean, Personally, I, I'd abolish, and I remember... Again, back in the 80s in Britain, they, I think it was, was it Man Alive they had there? I can't remember the, the expose program used to have on television. 
uh, or 20 minutes, I can't remember what it was called. but Walden Action or some, one of them, Walden Action? Uh, something like that, yeah. And they, they had a, I think a book had come out or something written by a bunch of economists or ex-economists, uh, many of whom were professors and so on. And they said the whole science of it is an utter fraud, it's not a science at all. And they went through why it wasn't a science, etc., etc. Never mind the fact that average person should figure it out for themselves. If you get umpteen degrees as experts running uh, countries and economies, how come your, your, your banks plunder you? Uh, at least, at least, it's actually getting more and more. We used, used to be twice a century. That was the normal for the last few centuries. Now it's more per century. And how come the government doesn't see anything happening with all these panels of advisors and, and economists at the top? They never see the, the, the sudden dip, they call it, you know, and the cost of living just skyjacking, you know, skyrocket. How come, how come you can keep calling them experts, you know? Uh, I mean, would you go and see a surgeon like that when, when most of the time he's wrong, you know? And he cuts off the wrong leg. No, you wouldn't. But these guys still get up there, and, and the PR that comes out over the television, which really is a magic eye that goes right into your brain and implants what they want you to see and believe so easily through TV. Uh, and he comes on with his business suit on, and he's got that air of superiority. He, he babbles something you can't quite follow. And once you can't follow it, it's, oh, it's above me. He must be truly a genius. He's talking nonsense. If he was an expert, he'd have seen all these crashes coming and what was happening. And it wouldn't have happened in the first place. But it happens all the time. So the, the whole bogus science was exposed on that program in Britain years ago. by, by but I think it was about 10 guys they had on, professors and, and ex-top economists. They said the whole science was, was a fraud. Yeah. yeah, I mean, anybody who you know, uh, runs a household, say... Uh, knows how yeah. to knows how to run the economy of that household, and it's it's no yeah. different running a country. It's just it's just on a bigger scale, and uh-huh. uh, there's there's more people making making a success at running their own households, um, even even under the present conditions, yeah. um, than than there are politicians who have any idea about or any, or any government. And what, why does any nation have to keep borrowing money from private banks? Why? That's the question I keep asking people as well, and they can't answer it. And the trillions of tax that you have through hidden taxes every darn year and all the rest of it, and, and, uh, and your income taxes and so on, and yet they're always broke, and, and they need more and more and more. And folk, and they'll never come out and tell you why. It's, not, it's, to, keep you, it's to keep a feudal system alive. They don't want folk getting up there into a middle class with different ideas and so on and, and rising up. They want to keep you all down there as peasants, basically. That's why. Okay, we've got a few minutes left. Uh, just to, to finish on, on Bilderberg, um, do, do you see it when the, the normalisation... I, mean, I was half expecting a, a press spokesman to come out uh, over the next couple of years. It's not happened yet, but I'm, I'm sure that's down the line. Uh, and maybe at some point they'll, they'll allow some people in to ask questions and all the rest of it and, and make it even more, uh, in inverted commas, transparent. And... Um, do you, do you see it getting to a point where they say, okay, we've done our job now, uh, we're going to hand over the reins to this other group we're going to set up, and it's going to be a completely different name, and the Bilderberg group is just a thing of the past, mm-hmm. and uh, we'll move on from here, kind of thing, as, as, a, as a process towards this uh, open uh, conspiracy. Well, I'll tell you what they did with, with the, with the globalisation, when, when they were signing all the different globalisation deals, and students for many years now have been going and protesting them. Because anybody who protests generally is, is done through university professors who encourage their students to go and protest. It's always been that way. Even when they're pushing communism inside the U.S., it's through the professors who then indoctrinated the students. You know? uh, so they don't have any ideas of their own. They're simply told what to be uh, angry about and what be, what's all wrong with the world. 
but the fact is, they actually showed you one of the, uh, the meetings they had. I think it was out in British Columbia years ago in, in Canada as they're signing all these globalization deal, deals and all the top leaders were there and so on. And they're looking down from a big tall tower and you see all the masses of people and protesters below in the streets. And they, they had cameras in there already, you know. And they said, uh, broadcasting to some of the TV stations, and when the guy says, yeah, we'll have to start bringing in certain spokesmen for the people, the agitators down there, the protesters, and bring them on board. That's what they call it, bring, they bring you on board, that's the term they use. And eventually you'll have uh, authorized ones, uh, you can probably guess who, who we picked from what's called the Patriot or the Conspiracy Movement to get in there and, and uh, be brought on board to tell their followers what's going on in there. Uh, when, it, when it has no when it has no future use, basically that actual meeting itself. Yeah, yeah and of course we've got uh, Russell Brand now, who's uh, everybody's darling, and uh-huh. uh, everybody thinks uh, this this piper's going to lead them to some kind of salvation. Uh, he's, he's he's talking about uh, oh, don't vote; it's a waste of time. It's a waste of time, and then he has Tony Blair around for dinner. Yeah, yeah you know, yeah, <laughs> But but you understand everything is catered. As I'm saying. Everything to manage the public is catered to on a scale that's never existed in the past. It's, it's so huge because of uh, instant communication between all the people who manage us today. Uh, it's so incredibly huge. And all the all the think tanks that Britain alone has, hundreds of them working on specialised in different departments of society on behalf of the elite and how to control it and, so, and manipulate it. Uh, so you, you don't really stand a chance with this system until you, you just come out and say, you know, it, it's all nonsense. The, the whole darn thing, your whole view of reality, if you if you could possibly do it, has to break free of all of your conditioning since birth, and what you're told to believe is the way that's quite all quite natural. You have to break through it and and somehow and and for yourself, if nothing else, start again. Start again. And when you break through it, nothing surprises you. You see what's coming on every single level. Quite simply, automatically, in fact, you don't have to think about it. You'll, you'll see through all the PR things from your news and so on, what's really going on just instantly. And, um, and it's a, com- a completely different uh, world. You, in a sense, you, you understand you don't, you don't belong to the elite, but you understand how they view all the rest of the masses because the te- you understand the techniques they're using across the board. Uh, and you don't belong to the people you've just left at the bottom either because still, they're still in their left-wing versus right-wing and voting uh, stage. So you're kind of in limbo to an extent in between. But you'd, for yourself, you have a lot of satisfaction at understanding the big, big game uh, that reality is. It's a game, and it's a very well-orchestrated game upon the, the masses of the public. Can you imagine being brought up in a, a really elite, well-known family, a big global player, where they can slush around billions of dollars a, a day on the stock market, this one family. And the members that come for to their dinner from all over the world, from governments and so on, to have dinner, and you're brought up listening to their chit-chat at the table. And you're, given, you're going to special schools too. Uh, and the last part of your schooling, in fact, for the real elite, is a private education, one-on-one, in their own home, generally. Uh, and uh, uh, can you imagine the view of the world and all of reality and where the futures to go, plan to go, uh, because all the futures always planned where it's supposed to go by the leap. Can you imagine the viewpoints you'd have on everything and how how 
hard would it be even to communicate to the people outside your own little circle? It'd be almost impossible. Yeah, and of course, I guess you know those types of people are victims in in their own right as well because they they're not being uh, allowed to have a, a normal, uh, in the very commas, normal human life because they will be given this uh, this world view. Uh, yeah, well, they do know it. Some of them know it, and some of them have kind of touched it in a kind of uh, analogous fashion on it in their own writings, but but the but they also uh, tell you how it's presented to them. Yeah, this is what you've missed out on, but but look at look at the benefits that you personally have got and the power that you personally have, and and all the all the the benefits you have. Uh, that's how they see it themselves. Yeah. Uh, do you want to live like them over there, or do you want to be with us? That's that's your choice. Well, yeah, well, yeah you don't even really get a choice. You're, in fact, you're given the choice. Yeah, what would you take? What, what, would you really go and commit suicide and, and join the ones at the bottom and and the folk who are lobotomized, basically? Because that's how the elite see the people at the bottom, whose education and total indoctrination and daily reinforcement of indoctrination through media uh, do you really want to be amongst the lobotomized you know yeah okay just to finish, it's funny you were, you were talking about um, you know being able to see things as 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 without well, even thinking you know um, there was a, they brought in a law here in Florida a couple of weeks ago and the touting is a great thing that uh, in the event of a national disaster I uh, see a hurricane or whatever uh, Floridians would be allowed to take their weapons with them um, now they didn't say anything about bullets, and they didn't say where you were going, and uh, no doubt they would uh, take the weapons off you when you got there. But <laughs> they didn't have to come into your homes. You were you were going to walk out the door with your guns and, and uh, hand them over, I guess. That's clever because you understand during the New Orleans uh, flooding they had there, uh, they they sent in the military eventually, and they were around the houses that were still standing and above water. And they were taking the people to safety, but they were told to take nothing out of the house at all. And then the military went and grabbed their all their firearms, you see. Uh, but that, that meant the military was tied up transporting these folk away from it and then searching the houses. That's more, more work. So this, this is more clever. Get, them, get you to come out first with them. So you, you, anything you've hidden, you'll take with you. And, uh, then, and, and then, of course, they simply take it off you once you're outside. It's quite clever, yeah. yeah. That's psychology in action, yeah. Yeah, but uh, they, they, were, they were praising that as a great idea, you know. That's, that's great, we'll be able to defend ourselves. Well, mm-hmm. yeah. no, you won't. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. In fact, in, in New Orleans, they sent in teams of uh, military to go around all the houses and kill all the dogs. Uh, they, they, they round them up and put hundreds of them in the houses and literally machine gun them down, uh, anything like that. It was just slaughtered them. You weren't allowed to take your pets with you, you know. And now, it's still a stone's throw from doing that to people. And, I'm, and believe you me, the military knowledge is do what they're told. Uh, you know, we're always given the Nazis as, as the worst evil that hit the world. They never mentioned the Soviet system or anybody else's system, because the military have always uh, obeyed orders. Believe you me, yeah. yeah, they're all the same. Yeah. Okay. That's our, that's our up and uh, interesting conversation again. Um, we've got your dates for next next few months, so we'll have you back again in four weeks or so. Okay, doc. Yeah. Good to talk to you. And uh, I've got a question to ask you when we go off here about something I've got to. Okay. Thanks very much for listening, folks. And uh, back on uh, Monday live with Kenny Valenzuela of Experimental Vaccines. Thanks for listening.